BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? As wow. that intro said, uh, I am your host, Tia, and this is the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, that is just a new little introduction for our kind of sequence every week, so hope you guys enjoyed it. But welcome, and two announcements before we go any further today. One, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone on this holiday. Everyone is Irish, and also... It is Ryan's birthday, so happy birthday, Ryan. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time out on your special day to join us, and hopefully at some point you will get yourself a drink. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining. We are doing the top ten moments within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I already introduced Ryan, and we also have AJ with us this morning. Good morning, AJ. Good morning, good morning. I'm ready um, to discuss some movies. <laughs> now, AJ set some ground rules for us for this show, so I'm going to let you explain what are the rules for our top ten today. So what I wanted was a little challenge. I wanted everyone to pick one moment from each movie instead of picking um, um, ten moments from one movie, specifically like ten, um, ten moments from Endgame or ten moments from uh, Civil War, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, and the point of this was to get more people thinking about other um more movies other than the, the best five movies there is in the MCU. And I think that that is a challenge that we are more than up to. So let's kind of dive right in. Ryan, because it's your birthday, 
I'm going to give you the number 10 spot. Uh, number 10 spot? All right. So my number 10 spot is the final confrontation between T'Challa and Eric Killmonger. After uh, Killmonger gets stabbed in the stomach and he's looking off in the distance as he dies, I think that's a fucking brilliant scene for this movie. Because one, this movie is just pretty dope by itself. And it's a superhero movie, so why would you think someone has a bunch of heart into it? It makes absolutely no sense, but it actually pulls the fucking heartstrings, which kind of left me in awe, like, holy shit, man. Why am I feeling for the villain? It feels like 2018 was like the very feel for the villain year for Marvel between Ghost, Thanos, and uh, Eric Killmonger. But other than that, I thought it was a fantastic scene, well acted, and it actually pulled a few heartstrings of showing what it's like to leave a legacy, um, trying to fulfill a legacy, let alone leave a legacy, and showing, like, even though you've got this bad side, that you can still honor someone's death for doing what they believe in, per se. And AJ, by the way, I'm not going to do a bunch of action scenes, so don't come at me with that crap again. <laughs> no, nah, I want to get your opinion on this, though, guys. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's actually a great way to start off the top ten by not only highlighting a scene that wasn't an action scene, but also one that was incredibly poignant in a Marvel movie. Um, Definitely Killmonger was the villain, but they really just did a great job in Black Panther giving him kind of like this platform where we saw his side and what brought him to even be the way that he is. And that was just a beautiful scene. You have them looking out. You have Killmonger appreciating the scenery before he kind of dies. It was very poetic and almost bittersweet and really also spoke to the person that T'Challa is, that not only did he uh, take Killmonger out there so that he could almost have this, like, beautiful, but also offered to heal him as well. So uh, that's a fantastic scene between them acted perfectly between Chadwick uh, Bosman and Michael B. Jordan. AJ, give us your thoughts on Ryan's uh, number 10 pick. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with what you guys are saying. And I, was, I, want to, I also want to add the quote that Eric Killmonger said at that last scene. He says, just bury, just bury me in, in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew, knew death was better, better than the And that specifically gave me um gave me chills because he died of what he believed in. He knew he wanted he knew what he wanted to be um he knew that what he believed was good and most villains are just villains just to be villains, but villains like Eric come up. I don't. I wouldn't even call him a villain. I'll say antagonist for um, the best antagonist, like from Eric Kamara to Thanos. Uh, we all we all have like an emotional spot towards these types of antagonists, and they have layers to each other, and where you see. Um, T'Challa, 
trying to save him because he knew that Eric Kilmonger had, like, the best intentions in hand, but he was going about it the wrong way. And at the moment, he felt like they could do good together. But Eric Kilmonger didn't want to help them and to tell his way. He wanted to help his own people in America, his own black um, people in America to um, free them and liberate them to so that they will become in power as well. Not really like that. Yeah, before I saw Black Panther, um, that quote was kind of circulating the internet that you mentioned, AJ. And I thought it was such a fantastic quote, and I really wanted to see what the context was because at that point I hadn't seen the movie. So when I went to the theater and saw it, I was like, wow, that is a great context, a great line for that moment between uh, T'Challa and Killmonger. It really kind of sucks that uh, Michael B. Jordan, though, I mean, may not be returning because his character died, although I say may not just because we've seen plenty of characters, quote-unquote, die and then pop back up in a movie later on. So maybe there's hope for the sequel for Black Panther that we could see his character again because certainly it seems like too good of a character to just have for one movie. There are ways uh, to bring him back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know that I love Loki, and they have brought him back like five freaking times in the MCU, so <laughs> you never know. You never know. But great number 10, Ryan, perfect way to start off this list. I am going to move over to AJ to give us the number nine spot. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Spider-Man Homecoming, the track hero thing. In this scene, it's solidified that Tom Holland, at least for me, it's solidified um, Tom Holland as Peter Parker um, slash Spider-Man. He, um, the way Tom Holland showed panic in that scene, I felt for him. I was genuinely, um, genuinely scared for him. Then once Peter remembered what Tony told him, which was, um, if, if you're not, if you're nothing with the suit, then you shouldn't have it. And at that moment, he learned a lesson. And that lesson was that the suit doesn't make make the hero, but the person within the suit does. And when Pete, um, Peter realized that and gained all the strength he could muster to survive, um, he didn't he didn't have he didn't have any more doubt doubt from that scene that point on. He, the reason why this is um, a true Spider-Man, this is the scene that terrified that this Spider-Man movie is more of a, what is it called? It's more true to the character than the other past iterations of Spider-Man from to Amazing Spider-Man. I feel like this Spider-Man movie, that um, this scene makes Peter, Peter, and... Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and the inspiration with with that scene was um, Stan Lee's and Steve Ditko's Spider-Man number 33, which was amazing, too. And AJ, I'm sorry, just to confirm, what necessarily is the scene uh, at the Um, end with him in Vulture, or... 
that it was a scene where um Peter was under all that rubble and he couldn't get give himself out because he was he was doubting himself as a hero. Oh, so, yeah, okay, it, was, okay, yeah. it was um before it was after um the altercation between Peter and Vulture. That was a fantastic scene. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming really solidifies the whole message behind uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker just because it was... And I loved Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, and I'll admit to you guys, I did not see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I know that's bad, but... I didn't, uh, but Tom Holland's Spider-Man was so good. I love that scene that you're talking about, AJ, with him doubting if he's even worthy enough to be Spider-Man, to be a hero, and we just saw, like, the reserve that he has and the strength that he has, and I kind of want to piggyback on that because that scene is the scene that, you know, then transitions into him uh, saving Vulture in the end, which was so great because, you know, Vulture is the quote-unquote bad guy, and all this, like, destruction and shit is because of him, but that doesn't matter because Peter Parker is a hero, and he has that inward strength, and he goes and saves him anyway. So that whole, like, ending of the movie is so beautiful because of that, and just really makes Tom Holland probably, in my opinion, and I think you said as well, like the best iteration that we've seen so far. Uh, Ryan, do you want to comment on AJ's number nine pick? Oh, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. I was trying to – I wanted to, like, have a Spider-Man homecoming moment on here, but I completely forgot about some of, like, the huge moments. I was thinking about having, like, the the end scene where – Peter's finally a part of the Avengers, and he he just denies the the role of the Iron Spider suit. And I thought it was a good yeah, scene, that was but also then a good moment. Yeah. The the moment you said AJ was great, not only because it was a great emotional scene and showed off Tom Holland's acting skills, but it really solidifies Tom Holland's part in the Spider-Man role in, in the MCU, and it was a great pull from the comics. I don't remember which comic it was, but it's a, if you guys don't know, it's a, like, fucking rip piece-for-piece piece scene straight out of the comics when this is the part that Peter finds the true hero in himself and not his abilities. And this really just solidifies how great of a character Spider-Man is. And I, I love this scene. I, dude, I felt so bad for him. I was watching the movies. I'm like, oh, no, poor motherfucker. Come on, <laughs> get out. Fine. And of course, you know, he's not going to die, but I don't know, just seeing someone at such a low point after being like this cocky kid, like, oh yeah, look at you, man. Here's another arch nemesis. Oh, and then I'm stuck under rubble. And he finally gets all this strength and stuff to use his powers to like get him out of it. And I, I thought it was a great scene and it was a great number nine pick. Yeah, I completely agree. It just the whole emotion that uh, Tom Holland has brought to his character in the MCU is something that I really felt was like needed for this universe. And he really just brought it. So that's a great pick, AJ. Great number nine. 
Um, I guess I'm going to pick number eight, and I feel bad because you guys have done such wonderful scenes that I'm going to just resort to a fighting scene, but <laughs> I'm going to pick, <laughs> I'm going to pick uh, the bridge fight scene in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, just because still to this day, I really think that The Winter Soldier is probably my favorite movie within the MCU, yeah. uh, just because I... I love that movie. Just everything about it, I think it's constructed perfectly. And I love that fight scene on the bridge between Cap and the Winter Soldier, you know, before he finds out that it's Bucky. I think that it's uh, just so well choreographed and the intensity of it, even the, uh, the filming, the music in the background, and Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but this is the first movie that the Russo brothers did for the MCU, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So you have this movie that really kind of did, like, a different tone in the rest of the MCU. The rest of the MCU is relatively lighthearted compared to the Winter Soldier. It's like, you know, you got espionage, you got, you know, these, like, kind of dark, you know, themes to it, and just that, like, really great fight scene on the bridge. I just thought it was amazing. I really enjoyed it to this day. I still put on the movie and I just really enjoy all the fight scenes in general, but that scene on the bridge is just so intense and it's like you know that it's, you know, then moving on, you know what it's building up to. It's building up to Cat finding out that this Winter Soldier is in fact Bucky. So I, I just think that it was filmed really well I enjoy it. I wanted to put it, when I was looking at the scenes to pick for this list, I definitely wanted to put it on. So that's going to be my number eight pick. Um, Ryan, I'll shoot it over to you. What do you think about the bridge fight scene in The Winter Soldier? I'm going to be in an unpopular opinion right here. But <laughs> this scene is really good. But a lot of it took away the fact that me personally, I, I guess a lot of people don't feel the same way, but me personally, knowing that the Winter Soldier was Bucky, I'm just like, come on, just pull the Band-Aid right off. Just just reveal his identity to, to, Buck, to uh, Steve. Come on, rip the Band-Aid right off. The action scene itself was really good. It was very well shot, and the choreography was fucking fantastic. But as a whole, like how you said the movie was like your favorite – I think it's a really good movie, but out of all the four movies that the Russo brothers have made for Marvel, it's at the bottom of my list. I It's kind of shocking since, like, I hear all this praise. I'm like, it's a really good movie with the great action scenes, like you said, but it's not my favorite one. Uh, I'll get into the Russo brothers <laughs> later in the list, but, um, yeah, it's if we're just talking about the fight scene by itself – Great fight scene and the re- the reveal to Steve was really well done. I just I just hated having the feeling like, come on, rip the fucking mayonnaise off, rip it off, rip it off, come on, rip it off. And then they finally ripped it off, and he's like, oh, oh, he yo, he, his face was like he pulled a, a few hairs off his leg when he pulled the the bandaid off, and I'm like, ah, oh, you poor ninety year old virgin. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Well, but yeah, that, that's my take on it. Sorry, guys. My dog at that moment decided to just start barking at whoever's outside the door. Uh, <laughs> she's just 
ferocious this morning. Anyway, um, for me, who is not necessarily a comic book reader, I didn't know that it was intended to be Bucky. I did kind of know before the reveal, just because based on, like, the casting list and, you know, then obviously when you see him and you see the eyes, you're like, hey, is that Sebastian Stan? Um, So to me, the reveal is still pretty cool, but I'm – guessing for those who are avid comic book readers, it wasn't as uh, climactic as maybe I thought it was. But just to kind of see, like, Steve's face in that moment was like, oh, that's your friend. You're just fighting him, and he is clearly not the guy that he once was. So um, to me, I thought that it, you know, was really just a cool reveal. But I understand what you mean, Ryan, that, like, out of the room yeah. because at this point, like, you know, the Russo brothers have done Infinity War, they're doing Endgame, like, Civil War was great, too. And they've too, done so Civil I... War, too. It's just like, what the fuck? There's, yeah. Uh, personally, I think they're so much better <laughs> than uh, um, Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier was a great start for them. It really showed their ability, in my opinion. So that's how it works for them. So Yeah, it completely, completely. Um. AJ, what do you kind of think about that bridge fight scene in The Winter Soldier? I just want to um, point out how we as, like, moviegoers um, um, view a movie different ways. Like, for me, I view a movie in the eyes of the protagonist, so I'm, like, deeply indwelled within the storyline and all of that. But someone like Ryan or anyone else, they have, like, a godlike um, perspective on film, and they try to, like, predict and all of that, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but when I, when I watch a movie, I, I just, like, erase all expectations, so I don't care what the reveal is, as long as the execution is good, is done perfectly, so for this, the reveal for a Bucky, was done perfectly because of Captain America, the first Avenger, where they, like, build up the relationship between those two characters. And you knew how Captain um, Steve um, Steve felt once he found that his best friend was alive. And the confusion between Steve and Bucky at the same time, you can feel, you can feel that, um, what's the word? You can feel that like Steve wanted to get him back, but Bucky had no no memories of who Steve was or his past at that matter. But other than that, the fight choreography in that scene was fantastic, like Ryan and Tia said. Um Black Widow <laughs> Black Widow was amazing. As always, Captain America amazing, Bucky amazing. It was. I think it's uh, perfect. It's perfect for this list. I personally love Black Widow's fighting skills in the MCU as a whole. I know that not everyone is a fan of hers, but I I like her and I like her fighting sequences, especially in this movie and in Civil War. I thought they were really great and. I like what you said, AJ, about the confusion. You can see that both on their faces, which really attests to both Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan's acting, because you could believe that uh, Captain America was confused seeing that 
this is his friend and he's still alive and apparently a bad guy. And then you can see the confusion on, you know, Bucky's face because it's like he doesn't know who Cap is. And he also doesn't know who he is because he's like, oh, who's Bucky? It's like, so you can see the confusion on both of their faces. So I thought that was just done perfectly. Um, so, you know, great uh, choreographed scene, good acting. So, yeah, that's my number eight pick. And I guess we'll move right along to the number seven, which will be the birthday boys again. Oh, man. I, I really hate – wait, how many spots? I got this one. Uh, seven, eight, seven, six, five, four. Oh, I got three more spots. So I can do the next three I want to do. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Now, some of you are probably, <laughs> yeah, some of you are probably gonna be super pissed. That I'm putting this so like uh, low on the list, but I promise you, there's two more better scenes that I have in mind. But this is the very iconic Avengers Assemble scene from the first Avengers. We 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 knew this was gonna come. I, I don't want to put it this low, but I have to because the, the other two that I'm going to choose are just far better. And if they don't do an Avengers uh, Assemble scene in Endgame, I'm going to have a few words with the Russo brothers. But that's besides the part. Bro, it was super fucking iconic. It's so cool seeing them come, each, come from each battle scene that they were in to come up together, and they're in a circle. They look like they just got their shit handed to them. They're like... Oh man, oh man, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Martha! No, not that. Sorry, wrong movie. But, um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And then the Hulk comes and he's like, Ugh. and I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And then you just see them, they're all lined up in a circle, or not lined up in a circle, but they're in a circle. And they're just like, they're ready for the next fight. And they're like, we're gonna beat this motherfucker. We're ready. Come on. You might be an alien, but we're human. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but they're like, oh, we're totally going to get you. And just seeing that, that Except for adaptation Thor. from the comic. Yeah, Thor doesn't count, okay? <laughs> With those luscious. Dude, he might be a god, but those luscious human locks make him human to me. But okay. just seeing the scene come from the, from the comics, dude, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a nut from a... a Nerd's brain. It's a, it's a, I'm trying to think of a very clever word. A nerd nut. There we go. And then, then, nerd nut. There we go. It's a nerd nut. AJ, Ryan's just, Ryan's just excited. Just let him have it. They're all human, even Thor. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's great, Ryan. Um, as soon as you said it, I was, like, envisioning it in my head. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, when they're in that circle, it's like the camera, the way it's just kind of, like, panning around them. And it has, like, the epic Avengers, yeah. you know, music. And, you know, uh, Black Widow is, you know. Beautiful another, score. Yeah, Black Widow's putting another clip in her gun. You know, Hawkeye's Ray, they're all, you know, Hulk is, like, yelling. And it's like, you, you see them coming together because if you remember before this, uh, the Hulk was on a rampage and everyone was scared of Bruce Banner becoming the Hulk because he was so uncontrollable, but now he's there working alongside them. And it was just perfect. You knew at that point that the Avengers were ready to fuck shit up with the Chitauri. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, that scene. Um, and 
which it's like the Avengers one. I don't know if you guys like go back and watch it. Like it's a little like a little cheesy at moments now. Like going back and like looking at it because it was so like you know uh, in the beginning of the MCU, but still perfect. Still what you wanted from a team up uh, superhero movie when it seemed like they were about to be down and out and they were getting defeated and then just regrouping with each other. Oh, God. That is such a good scene. Um, yeah, great, great pick, Ryan. AJ, give us your thoughts for this. You guys basically said everything that I was thinking about. <laughs> the um, score was amazing. I think this is the MCU lacks the umph that the DCU has um, involving the score. But the Avengers score in that scene was done perfectly. And them finally working together as a team, what it was, it did give me chills because before then they were arguing because they couldn't get used to each other and, you know, male testosterone and all of that crap. Um, Cat and Steve arguing every 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, that scene goes awesome together, and I I really enjoyed it. I love it's that nerd scene. <laughs> I'm going to add to that scene, Ryan, and I love the moment where they're all fighting and Cap is telling those, like, police uh, – sorry, I can't talk – those police officers what to oh, do, yeah. and they're like <laughs> – and they're like, well, yeah. the mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just starts beating up, and then all of a sudden, he just, and like all of a sudden, the cop does exactly what Cap told him. Like, yeah, yeah why are you great. doubting? Why are you doubting right now? They know what they're doing. It was fucking perfect. Uh, yeah, that's a great scene that final because you know that like Loki and the Chitari need to be scared because they're gonna defeat them at that moment. And it was really just well done seeing them all work together. Um, I particularly love the moment where Thor, like, you know, hits his hammer into Cap's shield and causes that kind of, like, boomerang type of thing Mm -hmm. going on. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, Because you put this so low on the list, Ryan, I'm really looking forward (laughs) to your other picks. So I'm sure they're going to be great. Uh, Good choice. AJ, give us your number six pick for the top moments in the MCU. Okay, um, I'm gonna pick Captain America Civil War. Captain America Civil War, Captain America and Bucky versus Iron Man. No, you I knew you were gonna do this, AJ. You fucked me all up. Now Avengers would have been my next pick. You bastard. I knew you were gonna do this. <laughs> My bad. Right. Not sorry. No. I have to go back to the drawing board. Give me a minute. <laughs> okay. While you're thinking about that, I'm gonna say um, many people from this movie, many people will choose um, the airport scene as the best scene in Captain America. <laughs> but but I will argue that Captain America versus Iron Man. Is the most is the better scene and most impactful out of the whole movie. The emotion behind 
this scene is amazing. Um, Tony finding out that Bucky killed his mom. Spoiler alert for anyone who didn't see it. Um, and also finding out that Steve lied to him the whole time. Um, at this point, Tony was pissed, and the only thing that he can think of is killing Bucky for revenge. I also want to point out all of the all of those um, things. Um, I also want to point out the Infinity War um, when Peter. Um, messed up the plan because he got emotional like Tony mm-hmm. when he found out that um, Thanos killed the love of his life, Gamora. Um, but those same people um, were happy with Tony entering that blind rage, much like um, Peter Quill um, when he found out that Bucky killed um, his Martha. Shout out <laughs> to all the DC. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, Even though he he knew that Bucky wasn't in control of his body, he was mind-controlled. Those people, I feel like, that argue Peter didn't do anything because he got emotional, she also didn't like Iron Man, which they both should, like, feel for Peter and feel for um, Tony. And I also want to add the fight choreography in that was amazing. And shout out to um, to Civil War, the comic book edition, which was perfection. <laughs> I'm so glad that you pointed that out, AJ, because it still bothers me to this day that you have. A... So I went to really quick, you know, I go to New York Comic Con, and when I went, this past year, there was literally someone in a costume of Peter Quill with a sign saying, sorry, I messed everything up. And I'm like, it's funny, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's the same <laughs> logic. It's the same logic. No one gets mad at Tony for going into a blind rage. Everyone gets uh-huh. mad at freaking Peter Quill. But that's the, I feel bad for Ryan because that, <laughs> but that scene was so good because if you think about what was leading up to it, you know, Tony actually went there in like the spirit of a truce. He, you know, ignored that one guy's uh, warning to not, you know, to like tell him where the coordinates were and where he was going. He gets down there. He's like, you know what? No, let's work together. Let's discover shit. And at that moment you're like, Oh, great. Like, this is good. This is good. And then as soon as that fucking clip plays and you're like oh no and when Tony just looks at Cap and he's like did you know and he's like yes and he's like he was my he's my friend Tony and and he's like so was I and then they go like oh and then they go into like the best freaking like fight scene they're just going back and forth and I'm so again not to like keep repeating myself but I'm not a comic book reader but I knew that you know like Cap dies right and the whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, is Cap going to die? Is he going to be killed? Or is, like, Tony going to die? Are they going to flip the script here? And, like, the whole time I was watching it, like, worried. Like, I was like, this is the end of the movie. If someone was going to die, this is it. This is at the end. And they were, like, going at it. There was none of that, like, play, not playful fight, but, you know, like, in the Avengers, we saw them fighting a little with each other. There was none of that. It was like, this was, like, out for the kill, you know? Tony blasts Bucky's arm, you know, they're fighting each other. And, like, literally, I was, like, 
scared because Cap, you know, took his shield and literally, like, you know, freaking went for the arc, you know, reactor in Tony's, you know, suit. And I was like, oh, God, no. It was so good just the way they were both going at each other. Um, it, it was just so emotional. It was so, like, intense. And at the end, when he's like, you know, Tony's like, you don't deserve that shield, you know, da da da, and he, and Cap drops the shield as he's walking away, and I'm like, oh no, no. And these are things that we still see are going along to this day. I mean, they still didn't reconcile in Infinity War, so it's it's insane that AJ. I can't. I'm gonna keep like rambling because that's such a good fucking scene. I'm gonna let Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to let Ryan take it since that was one of his picks, apparently. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. AJ, <laughs> I knew you were going to do this, but I'm good. I'm just glad it wasn't in City of War. So let's, let, I'll, I'll let you off with this one before I, I fist the cups with you. But and I'll, you, you low-key threw shade at me, too, when you were explaining why that was your favorite scene without even realizing it. Because my scene for uh, fucking, what's we call it? Civil War was going to be the battle, the battle scene at the airport, man. I, so I, I felt kind of offended when he said, "Oh, everyone would choose." I guess I'm everyone at this point, but not the point. Not the point. The <laughs> other scene you chose was perfectly fine too. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it was a great scene. I loved it, man. Seeing Tony actually having a truce with them, and I'm just like, in the trailer, weren't they fighting? And then like two minutes later, you see, uh, you see them watching the footage from the past of Bucky killing his parents, you see the motherfucker turn around and you see this blood instinct in his eyes. And he's like, did you know? Steve gives him this look like, Tony, I was going to tell you, you liar. His, his fucking helmet comes down and he punches him. Dude, if you can take on Steve and Bucky at the same time, no matter if it's with a super suit or not, you're so human, bro. You can, dude, he, he gave it his all. And at the end when he said, that shield doesn't belong to you. And Steve's like, you're right, man. And then he throws it, and then he walks away. I'm just like, oh, my God. Nerd nut, nerd nut, nerd nut. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just a fantastic Yo. scene. It, it had the emotional arc of it. It had great action. And I guess you can consider Baron Zemo the villain of this movie in retrospect. Retrospect, but this this kind of doesn't deal with the fight scene, but the scene between him and Black Panther really added to the fight scene in my opinion. Yes, Show, that showing so that everyone's showing that everyone's accepting no matter what. He, I mean, Zemo killed his fucking father and he forgave him. So credit to where credit is due, my dude. Credit to where it's due. I wanna I wanna say that I love the airport scene. But I feel like this was more impactful than the airport scene. The airport scene was amazing. I just want to I just want to point that out before someone gets mad at me. <laughs> no, I, I listen. The like airport scene is the airport scene is great, but that final scene is just so emotional. And I love mm. what Ryan I love what Ryan said with uh, T'Challa 
you know, because he, what, oh, God, the, the quote is so good. He says something like, you know, revenge has, in, you know, engulfed them. I won't let it do that to me. And he, like, prevents Zemo from killing himself because it's like, no, you're, you're not getting out of this so easily. That's such a good scene. Like, mm-hmm. and it really did highlight the fight between the three of them. So, yeah, that was, that was just great. I love that shit. Um, but, yeah, uh, fantastic scene by AJ. Sorry, Ryan, that uh, he took your pick. Um, I am going to get the number. <laughs> I'm going to get the number five slot, and I really hope that I'm not taking another one of Ryan's pick right now, but I really want to talk about it. Um, it's you going to be. You pick the same movie. What did you, you say? I said y'all can still pick like the same movie. No, no, no. We're, be... we're sticking to not the same movie. We're, not, we're sticking to that. We're, we're sticking, sticking to, to it. it. We're gonna do that. Unless Tia makes a bad call here, so it's up to you, Tia. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? That that rule changes if you take my number one pick right now. So I'm not gonna. T- I I guarantee I'm not gonna take your number one pick, but I just hope that this is not another pick of yours. But <laughs> It's it's going to be Thor in Thor Ragnarok fighting. (laughs) Motherfucker. Dude, I can't deal with you guys, bro. I can't. I'll make a top ten of my own. Screw this. (laughs) Listen, I know that you're – I know – I know that I'm not going to take your number one pick. Like, I know what it's going to be, so I'm not You all better know what it'll be. So – I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm still a drawing board. Fuck. (laughs) Again. Uh, I'm done. (laughs) Third time is a charm, I guess. My bad, dude. My bad. But let's talk (laughs) about uh, Thor Ragnarok to the song, Immigrant Song, uh, at the end of the movie. So freaking good. First of all, let's talk about, like, Taika Watiti just completely knocking it out of the ballpark with Ragnarok, just making it probably the best Thor movie in the franchise. Uh, I love that scene, just the whole, everything about it, right? Thor loses an eye. It looks like Hela really is going to defeat him, and she's saying that she's the goddess of death, and we even have that small moment where Thor talks to Odin, and Odin says to him, you know, uh, what are you, the the god of hammers? He's like, it was always in you. It was always in you, this power. That was just a way to, like, you know, uh, harness it. But the power is in you. And we have never seen Thor so strong before. And just him breaking out. And then you just have him. The strongest Avenger. The strongest Avenger. And seeing him just, like, jumping down slow-mo as all those, like, creatures are trying to, like, come up almost to reach him. And we have Led Zeppelin playing in the background. And you just see the sky is opening up. It's just going. And everything about that fucking scene was just so amazing. The fact that his eye is glowing. There's uh, electricity sparking everywhere. He's just mowing down. And even, like, Loki is looking like so proud and so smug because it's like here Thor is and he's 
finally become what he's always meant to become. And just, I rewatched this not too long ago after watching Captain Marvel. I was just in the mood to like watch a bunch of Marvel movies again. And I had to watch Ragnarok. And that scene is just so freaking good. Just everything, how it's shot on the Rainbow Bridge, how everyone's just like, all of a sudden on another freaking level because then you have Valkyrie coming and she's kicking ass just being there you amazing. Go. I was yeah, wondering. right. I was... <laughs> you know Valkyrie's like, oh, what did you, didn't you was it you, AJ or something, said in like the group chat or something on Facebook, like, oh Thor's gonna forget Valkyrie and I was like, Thor will never forget Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. You need to no, like No, they're together forever. <laughs> They're they're uh they are definitely like listen okay not to go off track, but obviously we all saw the trailer to Endgame and you know that scene was awesome between Thor and Captain Marvel. But people are like starting to like ship them romantically. I'm like no 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 no. Mm-mm. I'm like no no I'm like, no, no, no. No, no. Thor and Captain Marvel are going to be like best buds and they're going to kick absolute ass together. I have no doubt about that. But Thor and Valkyrie are like, no, that, that is what we need. They need to bring Valkyrie mm-hmm. back. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I do, I do not ship Thor and Captain Marvel together. Supposedly, can, supposedly can... Valkyrie is in Infinity War from what I heard. You mean she's in Endgame? Show up. Yeah, yeah, she's casted on it, yeah. Yeah, they. I, I think I heard that she was seen uh, on set or something like that because they never showed her dying. We sh- we saw Hemdall die. They, they, in... The brothers confirmed that her and Korg made off with half of the people on the ship. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, hopefully they survived the snap. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, poor bastards. Poor bastards. Oh, jeez. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, that scene in Thor Ragnarok, you know, with Valkyrie, with uh, Loki fighting, everyone is just a uh, Hulk, just completely going toe to toe with that massive freaking wolf or whatever it was. That whole scene was just so great, um, and that has to be on the list. Ryan, I'm gonna let you talk about it a little, since apparently another another one of your picks was was stolen from you. I can't speak this morning, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same. Well, I'm pissed because like Thor Ragnarok's like my third favorite Marvel movie of all time. Uh, yeah. Bring that down. Yeah, it's Queen. Uh, I feel that <laughs> honestly, I, I I feel like my list is gonna change with Endgame because honestly, I don't know if you guys. I, I'm pretty sure I told you guys in the chat, but uh, because I said not to mention any Captain Marvel stuff, but I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, and I'm seeing it today actually for the first time. And I have a strong feeling, I shouldn't go in with an attitude like this, but I have a strong feeling that it's going to be an okay movie to me. So I don't think it's really going to rank up there with some of the other movies. Uh, Tia, I think it ranks up there for you, but not the point, not the point. Go back to the top ten, Ryan, you lazy bastard. Um, Yeah, great movie, great scene. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought they were going to use the Immigrant Song only for the opening scene. But then when I saw Thor, the mighty God of hair and mus- musculinity and musculinity, <laughs> whatever the fuck doors, just come out of the sky with his one electrocuting eye. I'm just like, oh, you poor bastard, but you still look hot, don't it? It's fine. He's, he's like, Rah! and then him and Hella, boom, 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 boom. Dude, great choreography between not only the Hella and Thor fighting, but Loki, Korg, and everyone. 
just fine. It was a great scene on the, the, the rainbow bridge. I always forget the name of the bridge, but I just call it the, the LGBTQ bridge. It's a great bridge, and it's a great fight, and I love it. It's a great scene. Fucking Taika Watiti, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> Listen, Ryan, not to get off topic for the top ten, but I will say this. I really enjoyed Captain Marvel. I really did. I want to go back and see it again because there were some great scenes. I think that Brie Larson is fantastic as Carol Danvers. Any uh, worries that people have that she, you know, was too emotionalist or too this, no, that that's completely wrong. Uh, Samuel Jackson's great in it. Like, it's a good movie. But that being said, I don't think I would put it in my top five, not because it wasn't a good movie, but because I just love so many other movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I don't think that Captain Marvel can bump any of my top five out of its ranking. So I will just say that. I know that it's the first female-led movie within the MCU, and believe me, my you know feministic uh, self definitely felt that as I was in the theater watching it, but still wouldn't say that it's in my top five. It's it's close there. It's definitely close because I really enjoyed it, but uh, definitely right. doesn't doesn't bump any of my top five out of the ranking. But that being said, uh, AJ, let's talk about um, Thor in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> well, on the topic of Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel didn't even break my top ten. I have my Ooh, shit. I, I have my ranking actually on here. It's Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Spider Man, Winter Soldier, Avenger, um, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Civil War, Thor Ragnarok, Volume Two, um, Captain America, First Avenger, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, then it goes to Captain Marvel. And then it's Ant Man the Wasp, Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, and Iron Man 2. Um, uh, Iron Man 2 is below Thor Dark World. That's really yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be honest, they're really they're very close in ranking. It's not like one is like way better than the other. It's very close. Kevin would be but, crying right now if he was on. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that I actually enjoyed um, Captain Marvel. I really liked it a lot. The chemistry between um, Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson was amazing. The chemistry between all the characters were amazing. But the fact yeah, that they it had didn't great like, chemistry. Yeah, the fact that it didn't crack the top ten just shows how much I love the other MCU movies more than that. But back to Thor Ragnarok. You guys already explained everything that I enjoyed about that scene. But I'm going to say the shot with um, Valkyrie walking down that rainbow bridge with the fireworks everywhere. Oh, my good God almighty. That was pure perfection. I loved it. Um, Oh, crap. What's his name? Hammerhead? I think that was his name. What's his name? Um, the The guy that... The guy that kept switching sides. Oh, dude. Uh, oh, shit. Well, I'm I, bad with Yeah, Perk, Perk. Where did I get Hammerhead from? <laughs> I don't know, from... Anyway, 
Um, his comedic timing, I really, I really like that. Um, Bruce Banner falling on the, on the yeah. ramp, telling himself to bring the whole time. Have me dying in the theater. Um, what else? What else can I list? Uh, I love the look on Valkyrie's face also when she realizes yeah. that the reason why yeah. that guy is so familiar is because it's the Hulk. She was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, also when Tessa Thompson was, um, Valkyrie was using that huge ass um, gun. <laughs> and when she was like pulling it up, I thought that was just funny and it was, it, it was amazing. That whole sequence was just pure comedic genius and action wise amazing. AJ is amazing when it comes to like female superheroes because anytime one of them, them is, anytime one of them is on screen, he's like on Twitter with a thousand like hard eyes and everything. <laughs> and it's like I appreciate that, AJ. I appreciate that. Um, Goals. Yeah. Valkyrie is just amazing. I need her to come back and kick ass in Endgame, definitely. Uh, But, yeah, I guess we said all that we need to say about that scene in Thor Ragnarok. I hope, Ryan, that you went back to the drawing board because you have the number four spot. All right. I'm feeling confident about this number four spot. And if you guys don't don't agree, I'm I'm going to – no, 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 no. It's not what you think. I can almost guarantee it. It's the We Are Group scene from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Okay. I completely forgot about this scene, but I never thought I'd start, like, I, I didn't tear up or cry, but I'm just like, God damn, dude, why the fuck is Tree putting me through this emotional stress? Yo, Tree should not be doing this. My own girl can't even do this. Why is Tree doing this? <laughs> Bro, it was crazy. Uh, and then right before he died, he's like, Roots. And then you hear Rocket be like, no, boom. Dude, it, it, it was emotional. I didn't see it coming for shit. And I still question how he can turn into a ball, but that's besides the point. And then all of a sudden he can say, we, we are Groot. Not the point, though. But it was a well, well fucking Vin Diesel can make me almost cry by saying, Groot in his own voice. I mean that that takes wonders by itself. Um, everyone did their part very well. They all acted pretty accordingly. I mean, Rocket just lost his lifelong or best friend. I mean, really don't know the timeline, but that and then everyone just like, Groot, why are you saving me? Why? And then did it, it was just fantastic. I, I, I'm so happy that you picked this scene because I kind of like forgot about it, but it's what has catapulted us into having, you know, baby Groot, teenager Groot, because adult Groot sacrificed himself. And that scene yeah. was just so, that scene was so emotional. Uh, remember like beforehand, he's like making a little like lights appear and shit like that and that was beautiful and then they're crashing down and they need protection he just decides to make a ball around them and they're all like no but you'll die and it's like <laughs> they need subtitles for what Groot is saying because I feel like maybe that translated into something else I don't know but that was uh, 
That was, that definitely pulled at the heartstrings, Ryan. Uh, AJ, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I really love this scene as well. Um, I don't think I can mention anything else that Ryan hasn't mentioned for the scene. So yeah, this <laughs> this is that's this a shocker for a change. That's yeah. shocking because I, I most people don't agree with me. Yeah, and I I love the whole rocket rocket crying because Groot is gonna die, and it's 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 really emotional, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really walked out of that movie theater wondering how a tree and a raccoon became my favorite characters from mm-hmm. the movie. Not that I didn't love the other characters. I certainly loved Peter Quill and Gamora and Drax, but Rocket and Groot were the, you know, just the best characters, which made, unfortunately, Groot's uh, death in Infinity War just all the more fucking sad. I was, like, heartbroken by that. It's like, how many times does Groot have to die and just tug at our heartstrings, this big, dumb tree? But, yeah. That was a great scene, Ryan, just because... And I feel like the first Guardians is just so much, like, superior than the second Guardians Galaxy. Oh, that's... Hang on. Really quick pause. Shouldn't we mention the fact that James Gunn is back to direct the third Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Honestly, I didn't think he was coming back. Great news. Great news. Thank I God, didn't... man. They dug themselves out of a shithole. They really did. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming <laughs> back because, him. you know, when he was first, uh, you know, fired, there were some rumors that maybe Disney was going to reverse that. And then they were like, you know, definitively, no, it's not going to happen. And then we've seen the whole drama, you know, Dave Batista threatening to leave and then, you know, are they, are they going to use his uh, script? Are they not going to use his script? Yes, they're going to use his script. We have no idea who's going to direct. And then I still thought that, you know, maybe Taika Watiti would have been a good uh, substitute. But then he came out saying that he wasn't going to direct it because he didn't want to step on James Gunn's toes. And then Guardians 3 got pushed aside. And James Gunn got hired for Suicide Squad 2. And it's like, oh, we're, this is just never going to happen. And then I'm literally, like, sitting there. I think I was, like, at a pizza shop or something. And then it was, like, James Gunn, back, And I was, like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I was, like, this is the best news ever. I was, like, he's back. It felt like the prodigal son is back for us. And I saw not a few only people. Is he, not Sorry, only that he's back. Not only that he's back for Guardians of the Galaxy. He is still working on the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. all worked out for him, actually. Mm. It worked out for him. So good for that guy. Yeah. It, <laughs> no, now now he's in both. He got his toes dipped in. I'm freaking happy. I saw a few people online who were like, oh, if I were James, I would have said no to Disney. And I'm like, you got to think about He's probably not even thinking about Disney. He's thinking about he needs to finish his trilogy he needs to get back with the actors. Like, this is more of, like, a meaningful thing that, you know, also and it's also money. for the fans. Oh, well, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't. Listen, James Gunn is going to be making a shit ton of money because did, 
Did his, like, horror films come out yet? Like, when does that come out, Brightburn? It comes out end of May. End of May. Mm-hmm. Looks so okay. good. So you have that, right? Then he's going to be making from money from Suicide Squad, and he's going to be making money from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, James Gunn, he, he's good. He is good right now. He's so all those dumb tweeters who thought that they were going to put this man down. No, he, he is here. He is here to stay. So I just wanted <laughs> to mention that really quick. That was just the best news ever. So I also want to say all those haters that are complaining, we'll see you guys opening night. Opening <laughs> night, we'll see you guys. They're all happy, all excited, and that's all I'm going to say. Do you see, AJ, that there are, like, some DC fanboys who, like, want James Gunn fired from Suicide Squad? I'm like, why? Like, I've been seeing that. Yeah, right? It's like... They're so dumb, not... man. Oh, my God. AJ knows. He gets into fights with them daily on Twitter. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, I just see, I just found an article. James Woods is not happy with Disney over James Gunn's rehiring. Well, he can go. Speaking of which, he can go. Well, he's just a fucking idiot. What does James Gunn? I mean, not James Gunn. What does James Wood have anything to do with anything? Because he said some shit about Captain Marvel too. Like, when did he become like the go-to for the opinions on the superhero realm? He means nothing. He's like that other (laughs) guy or something. He's like the other guy that was making fun of um Stanley. He is irrelevant. Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was stupid as well. Oh, Ryan, by the way, you are going to love the tribute to Stan Lee in Captain Marvel, so I'm excited to hear. I heard, hear. I heard, I heard it's, it's in the beginning, right? It's, it's in, in the, the beginning, beginning right? and and there's a scene in like, during the movie that you'll like to. Yeah, okay, it's really cool, good. Cool. Bro, yeah, you don't know how, how, how hard it's been, like, dodging these fucking spoilers. Like, I'll, I'll go on YouTube and find, like, <laughs> Top ten endgame theories. I hear them mention, oh, if you remember in Captain Marvel, I'm like, nope, turn off. Nope, turn off. <laughs> <laughs> instantly. Yeah, Dude, that's why you gotta so hard see, the past week and a half. That's why you gotta go see it opening night so that you avoid those. I've seen more Captain Mar- Marvel in Endgame than I've seen her in her own movie so far, by the way. Well, that'll change today. <laughs> but <laughs> All right, so moving right along, guys. Um, Ryan went for the number four. So, AJ, you got the number three slot. We're trucking along today. Yeah. Uh, um, Ryan, you're going <laughs> to be pissed at me again. No. I'm going to no. I'm going to okay. Avengers Infinity War. Um, you son of a <laughs> fucking bitch. And I, I don't think it's the scene. I don't think it's the scene that you want to. It's um, Thanos and Gamora's debate scene. Is that I'm gonna that's choose. definitely not. That's definitely not Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one you choose for Infinity War. Yep. Mm-hmm. You slimy man. You slimy man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> The reason why I chose this thing was um, it showed how Thanos is such a perfect villain. He is better. I'm, I'm just going to point this out. He is better than Heath, Led- Heath Ledger's Joker. 
Don't even better. play with me. Don't even play he, with me, Angel. No, no, no. He you, is you, better. You deserve to get some heartbreak now. You deserve to get some heartbreak. <laughs> he, he is better than Darth Vader. He is better than Magneto. He is better than Wait, which Andy Magneto Dillon. are we talking about? Are we talking um, about X-Men First Class Magneto or... Um, original there are, to me, there are to to me they are both amazing. So I'm just gonna say both. I uh, guess um, personally I like I, uh, I like that Fazbender. Not the point, the Fazbender, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the way he explains his logic behind his madness, I'm not gonna say I support him fully, but I will say that I I was on board with this um with this explanation. Oh, it's not even oh. um. Huh? Oh shit! I thought my mic was muted. I was talking to myself. I thought someone was home. I thought my mic was muted. I thought someone was home. I look in the room and I'm like, oh shit, he's not home. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, oh. when he tells that, when he tells that uh, Gamora that her home world was prosperous because of the action he took, um, this is what he says to uh, Gamora. Uh, your planet was on the brink of collapse. I was the uh, one who stopped that. You know what happened since then? The children born have known nothing but full bellies and clear skies. It's a paradise. Um, I but agree. AJ, isn't I'm sorry to interrupt you during your pick, but isn't that a soul cone lie? Because didn't they say in the first Guardians that Gamora was the last of her people? I think uh, I don't think that's a lie. I just think they didn't think that through at all. Or um, oh. Gamora actually thought that she was the last of her people, and now she knows that she isn't, or something else happened. But so she's mad dumb. Um, I I do agree with everybody that Thanos is a psychopath, but his reasoning is spot on especially in, like, our world, the real world, where countries tell that they are starving and they have, and people people have nothing to eat, and now there's, like, problems with overpopulation and all of that. Um, what is I going to say? Um, the complaint that many people would say, like, half the plants and animals were were gone as well, which is true. But I would say that humans can are they have the ability to regrow all that and animals can repopulate. So they don't really have to worry about that. It's not like um Wait, AJ, can I stop yeah. you right there? Because you brought up a really yeah. good point. So the idea is to wipe out half the universe. Fifty percent. Exactly fifty percent. Let's just go for that, right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to call a little bit of bullshit on this, but correct me if I'm wrong. How can – I find it a bit odd that exactly 50% of the planet Earth got erased. Why can't all of the people on planet Earth count towards uh, that one fifty percent Why is it exactly 50% down the line on Earth alone? I just find it kind of weird. It's not a big flaw, but I'm just like – what are the chances that it's actually 50% of the planet Earth that gets erased? Every single human, including Star Lord and, and um, Iron Man, since they're in space. How well, does that factor well, 50%? I just find it a bit odd and a little too coincidental. 
I think they're going to explain that in war. They're going to explain end it. End war, yeah. End, yeah, end war, I hope they do explain it. But in end yeah, game, I cause... hope they do explain it, too. <laughs> why why is it end war? Good Lord. End game. I'm all over the place. I'm glad you're end war. It is end of the war, so I'm not completely wrong in that. But um, I, I just like the mystery because people are, like, trying to trying to um, figure out explanations of how this is happening or what's happening and all that, but I feel like it's going to be explained in the game. Okay, and I just, I just like, I like the whole debate between Thanos. This debate, this um, Thanos and Gamora and the Civil War debate between like Iron Man and Thanos, not Thanos, good Lord, Captain America and Bucky, I feel like we're better executed, better than Batman v Superman. And I, I really like Batman v Superman, but that's, I guess that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, a topic, topic that we, uh, that we kind of had at some point. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that Batman v Superman was terrible. I'm just saying the execution in the Marvel was better than. The one in DC. The movie shit. No, it's not. <laughs> but we're on Mar- we're on MCU right now. Uh, we we will have uh, it's like I feel like we should just have periodic discussions about Batman versus Superman. <laughs> like every like like every month, just like go back and like say more shit about it. But anyway, uh, I love DC, and I'm going to include mm-hmm. it in everything I say. Ugh, AJ. Well, I'm sure you AJ, are. AJ, 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 AJ. You have the right to start saying that now. You have the right to start saying that now between Shazam and Aquaman. You have the right to say it now. If this was two years ago, you would have been demoralized and demonized for saying that. Oh, <laughs> Body. Body. Uh, I will point you out that like, Aquaman, Aquaman was, a good, was a good movie, and I am looking forward to Shazam. So. Shazam so like like is probably going to be more fun than Aquaman, uh, you know, because it's just going to be a different tone completely. And, yeah, Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman still, like, it was good, but it had some, like, holes to it that I feel like they could have sharpened up a little that hopefully we'll see. I feel we'll like Man of more. I feel like Man of Steel more. Oh, since we're since we're on the topic of um, DC, (laughs) (laughs) um, what do you guys think of um, the Patty Jenkins doesn't think of the Wonder Woman nineteen crap? What is it? Well, eighty four, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four isn't going to be a sequel. Wait, why? That's just so confusing to me. And I think it's Wait, like almost it's like she's saying sequel. it. She There's said not it's gonna not going to be a sequel. But that it's doesn't not make sense. It's not going to be considered as a sequel. It's a so sequel. So what the fuck are you considering? It's not going to be a reboot. It's a sequel, man. Like, I'm sorry. It takes place after no, she'd be the, the first she'd be Wonder Woman. She'd be a woman to say it's a prequel. She'd be the type to say it's a prequel. Instead of a sequel. She's going to say it. Watch. Guarantee it. Well, I, I feel like... I feel like that she's changing everything. Like, Wonder Woman is going to be, like, the catalyst of the whole um, DC changing into what Walter Hermato wants. 
Like, the Suicide Squad isn't going to be a sequel to Suicide Squad. And well, I think that, that James Gunn kind of, like, that's fair, but I think James Gunn kind of, like, started that whole thing, you know, by saying, like, oh, well, the, the Suicide Squad is not a sequel, so it's like, does that mean that Patty Jenkins feels like she shouldn't make Wonder Woman a sequel? But it's like, no, 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 we have no problem with Wonder Woman. There, there's no need to, like, reboot it. Like, you're good. You can still do your thing. Like, to me, well, it's, I, it's, a, it's a sequel. Wonder Woman's coming back. Steven Trevor is coming back. Like, it's, it's a sequel. That makes no sense. I, I, think that the, I think that the plan is to, like, take away everything that happened. Like, Wonder Woman didn't happen. Man still didn't happen. But Aquaman still happened, and um, Shazam still is, still is going to happen. But Wonder Woman is going to be like it's going to be a replacement for the first Wonder Woman, and then the Suicide Squad will be a replacement for the Suicide Squad. Is what they're trying to do instead of like completely rebooting it, like telling us that um, everything is erased. Instead, they're just like trying to what is it? Um, they're just trying to replace it with a different movie. I think that's just so confusing. But before we move on, I will say that as soon as, because I'm excited about this, uh, speaking about DC, as soon as Doom Patrol is done with its first season, I definitely want to have a top 10 moments in the Doom Patrol because. You need to uh, start Titans. I mean, we can have a top 10 on Titans, but, you know. I, I know, guys, I know, but it's like. All right, like, I watched the episode where Doom Patrol, like, popped up, and I didn't, like, nothing, I didn't like it. I didn't like it just because I was, like, wow, like, I don't know. To me, like, Titan sees a little lower budget than Doom Patrol. Like, would that you be fair to, to say? It. You have to watch it. <laughs> That's what I have to say. You have to watch it. Me, me and AJ have different opinions on the season finale, but you should definitely watch it. All right, I, I will watch it. Maybe I'll even get to it today after this. I, I will I'll turn it <laughs> I will turn okay. it on. I will turn it on. I, I took this way off topic, but I'm too much. Let's do the number two happen. spot. Uh, all right, we will do the the number two. My bad, guys. You know, that's just what happens. We start talking about nurture, <laughs> and then we just go in a different direction. But... This is the top ten moments in the MCU, and I got the number two slot. Uh, I am going to do Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and this is, like, I'm saying, like, Uh, top ten moments, but, like, it was a sad moment, but it still was, like, I'm going to pick Yondu's death for for the number two, just because, like, in the first, okay, so think about this, like, the actor, right? I think is like his name is like Michael Roker or something like that. Yeah, it's Michael. You know, Roker. the so I had only seen him in The Walking Dead, where he played like Merle, who was like a despicable character, and then in the first one, you know, Yondu is just kind of like, you know, he was still a good character, but he was like fucking shit up, you know, and whatever. But in the second one, we get like this really like great like arc for Yondu where we like understand him a little better and like he's not the bad guy because he never you know took Peter 
to his father like he was supposed to. He, like, instead, you know, like, saved him, essentially, and he, like, raised him. And maybe it wasn't, like, the traditional father-son relationship, but it was how Yondu was, you know, how he perceived you know, a father-son relationship. He still taught Peter and, like, all those, like, really, like, emotional moments. And then when you, like, find out that Peter's really that real dad is, like, this crazy fucking celestial being who uh, just wants to destroy shit and was the one who even killed Peter's mom, which, by the way, commenting on what AJ said, you know, where Peter Quill kind of, like, lashed out at Thanos, right, in Infinity War... It's the same thing where once Peter found out that Ego had put a tumor in his mother's head, it was the same thing. It, like, Peter out of it, and he instantly started attacking Ego. But the whole thing is that uh, Yandu comes, and it's like they're going off into space and shit like that, and Yandu chooses to give Peter the mask so that he could breathe and survive in space, fully knowing that, like, uh, that he's going to die. And Peter's just looking at him because you think about it, Peter doesn't have a mom, right? He lost his mom at a very young age. And he just found out that his father is a evil, narcissistic bastard. And the one person who he now, like, now Peter realizes that Yandu was the father that, you know, he always, like, had. And now he's seeing him die right before his eyes. And I love that line where Yandu's like, you know, that man may may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. And it's like just such a, like, good emotional scene that really made me emotional for Yandu and walking away from that movie. Like, damn, like, this was such a good character, and I didn't even appreciate him in the first movie. And um, they had asked James Gunn at the time, like, well, are we going to see Yondu come back? And James Gunn said no, because he needed his death to mean something. And if he brought Yondu back, then it, you know, wouldn't be as impactful as it was. So I, I feel like Yondu's death, death has to show up on this uh, list, as sad as it was, because it was so powerful and it was so emotional and just acted really well by Michael Roker. So I definitely need to put that as the number two spot, uh, AJ, what do you think about Yondu's death in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Uh, <laughs> it, um, <laughs> no, I, I, lo- I love this scene. I'm just trying to get my thoughts together because that scene was really, <laughs> it was really sad. And I, I do agree that, uh, that it should be, it should be on this list. And, the <laughs> it, it, it was a scene before before what you picked, but when he says I'm Mary Poppins, really, really had me dying, and because of that moment and some other moments in between that, it really like got me that he he really meant something to Peter, even though Peter didn't really realize it himself. But when it when it happened, you you knew that Peter lost someone that was very important to him because, like you mentioned, that he lost his mother and his father was just a celestial maniac. And 
the scene also um, showed that Rocket cared for him as well because of the chemistry that they had throughout the movie. And yeah, it, it was it's just it was an amazing scene that the MCU the MCU the MCU needs more of. Yeah, because we and again, this is kind of set into place with Loki and the fact that every time he dies, he seems to come back. So when we see the MCU and we see death scenes, they almost don't mean as much to us because we're like, oh, well, they can just come back. I mean, Coulson came back and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, we've seen that. So to have a death scene that was that emotional and to know that it's permanent, just kind of, it, as you said, AJ, something that the MCU kind of needs to really resonate uh, their emotional side. And I love I love that scene when he's like, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I, there, again, at New York Comic Con that year that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out, there was some guy literally dressed up as Yondu, but dressed up as Mary Poppins. Like, it was hilarious. It was the best cosplay I saw that whole entire day. I was like, this is amazing. And I was hoping that someone would do that. So it was really great. Uh, and again, Yondu, like, it really made me appreciate uh, Michael Roker. And he even, by the way, was super stoked at James Gunn coming back because he, like, commented on it and shit on Instagram uh, because Sean Gunn posted a photo. So, uh, yeah, just a great character in the Guardians world. I am sad that we aren't going to see him again, but it made his death, like, that much more poignant. Um, Ryan, do, do you want to comment on uh, on Yondu's death in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Uh yeah, scene was very emotional. I'm just like, what the, yo, what's what's a Marvel throwing this heat at us all the time? All the time, like, am I watching a a superhero movie or a soap opera now? Like <laughs> all these sad ass moments. Like, whew, did did Juliet and Romeo not kill each other? Like, goddamn, nah, it it was really depressing, man. And I didn't really see uh, Yondu as like the father figure until this movie. And then when it finally clicked in my head, and then he sacrificed himself, I'm like, damn, motherfucker. That's crazy. But I, I still don't find it as emotional as the Groot scene. I thought that was a little <laughs> bit more emotional. But damn it, I'm going to miss Michael Rooker, dude. He was funny as shit in these movies. I remember when, uh, right before Guardians 2 came out, there was tar- talk that Yondu was going to play a role in Infinity War. And I was super hyped. And then he died, and I'm like, how the fuck is he going to be in Infinity War? And he never showed up. So I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of disappointed. That's yeah, like that he's on that. Matt Reeves' Batman. That's just hope he's in Matt Reeves' Batman. That's all I have to say. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. This also, though, shows, like, why Peter Quill's reaction in Infinity War was completely justified because he uh-huh. doesn't have his, he doesn't have his mom. Was not over. justified. It was he justified. Waited, it, he could have waited justified. one more second. He could have waited one more second. He no, had to wait no. one he more was second. He was emotional. No. Not justified. To say uh, that the entire, to say the entire thing can okay, be completely like blamed on, like no, no, on no. Peter Quill is just like ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm telling you straight up right now, 
It might have been the love of his life, but we only saw it in two movies, which was, in my opinion, not enough. And the fact that we had to find out from the director that the different, the time difference between Guardians 2 and Infinity War is like, what, four or five years? They, they should have said something, and they should have done something to help, like, improve their relationship. Because we didn't really get a romantic side to them until, like, the, the middle of the second movie. And, yeah, it was sweet and all that, but they had maybe one kiss throughout the, the two movies, and they had that one little scene of where they were listening to music in the one movie. Yeah, it's all great in that. And then he, she's the love of his life because five, four or five years just passed by. And he could have waited one more second if it was the love of his life. But, Dude, okay. it, but, one, hey, one, on. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, throughout the whole movie, it was said to that, that, that they had, um, that they were starting to love each other a lot. So and Gamora has like and Gamora has like a wall like put up and so obviously it's very hard for her. But four or five years is like a long time for them to establish like this, you know, really intense, like, you know, romantic bond. That's why I feel like they messed up with the second one in the timing. I don't feel like it should have been right after the first one. If they but knew they, they were gonna do that there's a time gap between Guardians and Volume Two, so you have that. It's not a line. big time gap. It's like a few, it's like a few weeks, few months. It's really not that's, that big. That's still that's still a good while to develop a relationship. You you have Compared that to four years. Then, okay, okay. But you have no. You have that. You have that gap, and then you have all of Guardians Volume Two to develop a relationship, which they develop it, but. I, they didn't. They developed it in a way where I don't give a shit. Like their relationship, I I don't really care about. I'm just like when she died. I'm just like, oh, this is sad. But because it's a guy that abducted her and is killing her because he actually had love like a daughter, like she was a daughter to him. That's why I felt bad for. Not because I didn't feel bad for fucking Peter Quill. I okay, mean, yeah, so, he, uh, he 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 yeah. lost his mother to his father that we found out. And his father turned out to be a psychopath. And he acts like he has the worst life ever. Dude, look at fucking Thor. Lost the love of his life, lost his mother, lost his father, lost his brother a few times. Lost his homeland, lost half his people. And in the endgame trailer, at the very end when he meets Captain Marvel, he still manages to pull off a laugh. He's like, when he's well, like, he, I, I like her. <laughs> one, I'm like, bro. One, one, Thor is a god. Let's say this. People um, have different, just like people have different opinions, people feel differently and have different ways of expressing themselves. Thor expresses himself by using comedic timing, much like Peter Quill does, but Peter is more emotional than Thor. And let's just say, your mother died, and the person in front of you was the one that killed your mother. Would you hold a second to wait to um, save the world, or would you immediately punch him in the face or kill him. Punch him. But he knew the he knew what was gonna listen, 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 listen. He knew that if he punched Thanos and he got on if he got woken from whatever that say mantis put him in, boom, half the universe is gone. At least in fucking uh volume two, they they had even if he punched him and it didn't work out, they still had a way of defeating him. Dude, once Thanos got out of that snap or whatever the hell Mantis put him in, it was done. He easily overpowered them. 
And you saw how long it took him to devise that plan. Okay, I also want to say that Doctor Strange looked through so many futures and possibilities, and he decided not to stop Peter from punching him in the face. I want to say that. Because he couldn't stop him. There was way they could win. No, he could have. He could have stopped him. He could not have. Yes, he knew what was going to happen. The fact that he didn't stop him, the fact that he didn't stop him, Oh. That's the truth. Right. Okay, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to say about Thor, like, you know, taking shit better than Peter Quill. A, Thor has been alive for 1,500 years, he says. And if you kind of, like, look at how he, like, views shit, because, you know, he's, like, a Norse god, and if you want to, like, attest it to how, like, that whole mythology was, like, to them, death wasn't very final because they still, like, you know, the whole, like, you had warriors that, yeah. like, wanted to, like, die in battle because that meant they got to go to Valhalla. So, mm. so like, Thor, like, yes, it's sad that those people aren't there anymore, but it's, like, they're in a better place almost, you know? So it's, like, to him, Thor doesn't have the same views as maybe Peter Quill does as, like, death. Peter Quill, he's never seen Gamora again. Gamora's not in a better place. Gamora's dead. You know, like, there is no, like, any of that. To him, he's just, like, emotional because, like, a lot of his life is dead. And I'm sorry, I cannot blame Quill in that moment. He was emotional as hell, and Thanos is a bastard. And I, personally, do not feel bad for Thanos because you did not need to kill your daughter. All right? You did not need to kill your daughter. You for Thanos and this he did to... His will was, and he knew that he had to do it because he knew that he failed in saving his own planet. And so he, he couldn't fail that. twice. Yeah, he he couldn't fail twice. So he knew that he needed to kill Gamora to complete his goal, to complete his mission. And I'm not saying what he did was right, but what he did for the fate of the universe was perfect. I'm sorry. I don't. I I am not a Thanos <laughs> apologist. Uh, <laughs> I I don't feel bad for him when he's like, oh, he mourns. It's like, well, you know, who, who did that? Who who's at fault here? You. You're at fault. Yeah. You threw her like, off a you, fucking cliff. Wow, dude. Sounds like sounds like you're in the that. same dilemma I am. I'm in with the Peter <laughs> Will. Wow. How the how the the tide has changed. How the tide has changed. <laughs> And I got AJ yeah. on my side. He 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 switched fronts. <laughs> no, these are two different matters. <laughs> two different <laughs> I I'm okay All with right. uh with, I'm bringing you know, up the number up. one. We're 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 wasting too much time. We're uh, bringing uh, out right. the number one. We're bringing it out. Uh, you guys know what it is. I'm getting super hype. You great. know what it is. Ryan, one second. Uh, <laughs> Let me just name. Let me let me just name off the list before we get to that. All right. Let me, let me because I let's do that. All right. So again, we are doing the top ten moments in the MCU. Uh, Ryan is very excited for the number one, but one moment. So the number ten is the final scene with T'Challa and Killmonger. Number nine is Peter, you know, doubting himself as a as a superhero. 
Number eight is the uh, bridge fight in Winter Soldier. Number seven is the Avengers assemble in Avengers 1. Number six is Steve and Bucky versus Iron Man from Captain America Civil War. Number five is Thor fighting to the immigrant song in Thor Ragnarok. Number four is We Are Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Number three is Thanos and Gamora from Infinity War. Number two is Yandu's death from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And Ryan, take it away for the number one. Are you guys ready for this heat? Are you ready? Okay, now I'm going to wait to kind of shit. So before, before any of you see my thunder, dude, AJ, you were close, man, but you, you guys know what it is. It's Avengers Infinity War. The most perfectest, the bestest, the most valuable movie of all time. It should go down in the book that says, what the fuck happened? It should, it should be, dude, our kids should be learning it in history class from now on. That's how great this movie is. But that's not what this is about. It's about the best scene in the movie. Not, not, not that little scene that AJ mentioned before. No, 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 no. It is. The dust, the the the, the dustening scene. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what you get, son. No, I'm sorry, Peter. May you rest in peace, and I'll see you in a hundred days. I am so sorry, my man. <laughs> but like I'm saying, dude, the dusting scene. Everyone, no one was expecting it because. The villains never really win, and when they win, it's probably like one casualty. Not half the fucking universe, man. Crazy. I, I remember, dude, it, it was 2 a.m. in the morning when that movie ended, and I screamed, oh, fuck! And then they dead. They, they just done. They took the Avengers logo, and they dusted it away. I'm just like, bro, how, George? Oh, my God. It's like taking 50, half, half my children away from me. Goddamn. You crazy motherfucker! You did it. You're gonna make me cry now because Peter, he saw, he saw Iron Man as a dad, and now he's dead. You bastard took Uncle Ben from him. You made Aunt May sexy, and you took fucking Peter's spot. You guys done fucking up this time, man. It's really a blessing. You see Falcon disappear, thank God. No, not really. But you see Charlotte disappear, thank that's a thank God because I hate that bitch. I can't stand it. She's quite annoying. Oh, wait, dude, you you love Charlotte Witch? Oh, that's weird. Yes, she, I do. I do. How, how? I don't get it, man. She her char- I hate her character. And she's a quote-unquote strongest Avenger. And after what I heard, Thor is the strongest Avenger along with Captain Marvel, and I haven't even seen that movie yet. And she already looks stronger. Anyway, I want to say Captain Marvel. Okay, go on, normal. I'll tell you who's more powerful at the end of today. I'll let y'all know my opinions, but not the point. And then you see, um, you see, you see my boy Drew die again. See, he's only been in three movies and he's died twice. How do you do that? How do you do that? You killed a grown up and a child. Mommy, you're fucked up, man. You really are. How do you do that to my man Drew? He's done nothing but be cute and save lives. And he's a part of. So wait, okay, this this might be a little little over exaggeration, but so when Groot got dusted, do you guys think that his arm on um, Mjolnir, not Mjolnir, um, Stormbreaker? Do you guys think his arm on Stormbreaker should have disappeared too, or no? 
Yeah. No. I think it should. I think it should have. I think it should have. But let's not get into that. Let's get into why this seems so awesome. Then you see Peter Quill. He's like, oh, dude, my my boner just got us all killed. God damn it. And then he, he Lord, it. it's so Lord. bad. It's so bad. And then, dude, Drax, I, he's not dead. He's actually invisible now. He done said it himself. He's not dead. Him and Peter were in the, the end game fucking poster. They he just were stood in so end. still. He just stood so still that he didn't. He that we wanted us to think he he got dusted. I'm calling it right now. End game. He undusts himself. And it just stabs Thanos through the through the butthole and kills him. That's how it's gonna end. I'm telling you, he undoes himself. He he reappears, not not invisible anymore. That's how the movie's gonna end. And poor Mantis, man, she's just so adorable. She didn't deserve this. She's a huh. Yeah, she also, she probably did deserve Mama Shocker. But great scene, and I can't wait to see what they do in Endgame. Boom, 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 time travel, quantum realm, boy. <laughs> Ryan, I gotta admit that I thought you were gonna do uh, Thor entering Wakanda in Infinity War, but I, I thought that's what you were gonna do. I thought that's what you were gonna do. Uh, I actually feel sad that I didn't pick that at some point. But that being said, that fucking ending of that movie was so freaking shocking because I'm in the movie theater, right? And it's like you know, a typical superhero movie. We got all the shit going on, adventure. Yeah, there's some sadness that goes on, but, you know, you think that with Thor entering Wakanda, like, that the tables are turned, things are going to go fine, it's going to end. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you know, Scarlet Witch has to kill Vision, and then Thanos comes and, like, makes him alive again and then kills him again. And then when he, like, snaps his finger, and it's like, you know, Thor... He he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, what the hell? What did you do? What did you do? And all of a sudden, it's like, if I can tell you, I have never like felt a theater be so quiet before. Because no one was talking. Because it's like, and the way they filmed that was so perfect. Because all of a sudden, just every like, and you see my man Mbaku on in Wakanda just watching everyone like disappear around him and he's so confused what's going on and like what made me so crazy is like when Black Panther goes to like you know pick up uh uh Okoye right and he's like this is no place to die soldier and then he starts disappearing you see the look on her face because she's mortified and like horrified at that yeah, exactly. Like, she, uh, that whole scene, you know, Bucky, like, I don't feel so good, you know, what's happening and shit. Falcon disappeared just before War Machine could even, like, you know, fight. But that scene, Ryan, with freaking Groot and Rocket's like, oh, no, oh, no. And it reminds me of earlier in the movie. Remember when, when he asked Thor, you know, like, what if, you know, you can't defeat Thanos? And Thor's like, well, what else do I have to lose? And Rocket's like, me, I, I have a lot to lose. I, I have a lot to lose. And it's, yeah, there he is. He lost everything. Not only did he lose Groot, but he doesn't even realize that he lost the rest of the Guardians because they're all disappearing. And it's like, just, you yeah, know, even that's a look, right. oh. yeah and, and even the look on Drax's face when he's like, Peter, 
or Quill or something, and it's like, you know, he's so uncertain, which is weird because, you know, he's such a big guy, he's so imposing and intimidating, and it's like he's uncertain. And the way that, like, Doctor Strange just looks at Tony and he's like, this is the only way, and then he starts disappearing. You're like, oh, shit. Because, like, Doctor Strange is, like, arguably one of the most powerful people, and now you don't even have him involved. And, of course, like, we bring it back to that scene with poor poor Peter Parker, because remember in Spider-Man Homecoming, what did Tony say? If you die, I feel like that's going to be on me. Well, what did Peter Parker do? All of a a sudden, he just starts disappearing. He's like, I don't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) That was just so depressing at the end, just seeing him kind of like hold his hand, because it was like the last of like Peter Parker is on his hand, and Gamora, uh, not Gamora, sorry, Nebula's just standing there, like, you know, he did it. He was, a, like, Thanos was able to accomplish what he needed. I thought it was perfect at the end, because a lot of people kind of, like, ragged that, like, you know, uh, Captain America's last uh, words were, oh, God. But I understood that. Because it's like, what do you say at that moment? It's like, literally, everyone's disappearing. And it's like, all, all you can do is just sit there. And just be like, oh, God. And, and to me, that's just like, whew, it was so, it was so crazy. But um, uh, AJ, I am going to hop that over to you because Ryan actually had to jump off because, you know, he's the birthday boy, so he had to go. <laughs> so <laughs> AJ, let, uh, you know, I've been rambling here and shit. So tell me about your feelings during uh, that final scene. Okay, first, let's do a five-second five moments of silence for these heroes. Okay. Um, <laughs> this scene, I, just like you said, in the theater, it was just completely silent because no one knew that that the Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy were going to lose to Thanos. They all thought they were going to win and it'll be happily ever after with Tony, the American Papa, and we see Juan there, best man, so on and so forth. Nope, none of that happened. What happened? We get the Empire Strikes Back ending. Um, at one point, <laughs> um, my girlfriend <laughs> looked at me and I was like crying real hard. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, you better cry during our wedding with happiness <laughs> just as much as you're crying. <laughs> and this one, I was like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this one was like very emotional. And I don't know, I took the Gamora and Thanos debate. But I'm not solidified how Thanos is a villain. But this scene was even more impactful as, like, the movie as a whole because you knew that they have reached the end, they've reached the end game, as um, um, Doctor Strange put it. And to see the, the defeat on Captain America's face, um, the um, – crap, now I can't even think of the word um, – and just feeling everyone's face from Captain America to Rocket to uh, Okoye to everyone 
that saw people in their lives disappear at that very moment. They knew they failed. They knew that whatever they had to do to get them back, they they knew that um, everything was starting to end, and they they didn't know what to do at that point. They felt distraught, and to get that emotion from a superhero movie is one of the reasons why this this um why Infinity War is one of the best superhero movies out. Um, since I would even say Logan or Dark Knight is up there with those type of movies, um, emotionally, emotional wise. And the fact that Thanos completed his mission, I'm more now I'm even more engaged in what's gonna happen in Endgame because he he finished his um he finished his story in Infinity War, so is he still gonna does he still have like that same drive in him as when he did in Infinity War? So we'll see that in Endgame, but I hope there's even more to do in Endgame than going towards Thanos. I, I hope that they try to get their colleagues back, their friends, their um, sons, every everyone back. I don't think like time travel has so much to do with that. Well, it might have a very good effect on it, but not as much as we all think it will. And I hope that who's directing again? The Russo brothers. Um, I hope the Russo brothers. Um, Gives us uh, gives us the ending that we all do not expect as much as he, as much as they did in Infinity War. Like so, two things because we have a little bit of time right now. Uh, one is AJ before and your girlfriend get married. Just make sure you play that scene beforehand. That way you'll be able to. <laughs> To be like, oh my God, he's actually crying. He's so happy and in your head. All I have to do is remember it. Then I'll just get the tear up. That's all I have to do. That's all you have to do. Um, don't let her listen to this podcast because she'd be like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so since we have a little bit of time, I wanted to ask, let's, if you don't mind, let's go into the trailer that we just saw for Endgame really quick. Uh, there's so much going on in that trailer that was just so amazing. So someone pointed out, right, remember in one of the trailers for Infinity War, we see the Hulk on Wakanda, which we obviously didn't see in Infinity War. Do you think the scene where Tony is with the rest of the group in the Quantum Realm suits do you think that that's really happening, or is that them trying to pull a fast one with us again, like they did for in Infinity War? Oh, I have something else to point. That scene in Infinity War, well, that scene in Infinity War where Hulk is running through, running through Wakanda, and the Endgame trailer now when they're I'm guessing they're going back um, to time or anything. I feel like that scene from the trailer where the Hulk is running, I think that's actually going to be an end game when they go back and the 
driving and each team from the same way, I feel like it's going to be a bit different that way that they can win and beat Thanos at the same time. And then they also have Captain Marvel on their side now. And I don't know how they're going to incorporate her into this, but I know that it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward so much to Endgame. That trailer was like everything I needed. I love just like Tony and Steve and even Black Widow, and they're all just saying, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Oh, that shit gave me like chills just watching the trailer. It's so good just seeing everything that's kind of like, and I literally was so happy. Like I was just watching it like giddy almost because we know that this is going to be one hell of a fight and they are gearing up seeing, you know, Ant-Man involved with them and they're going into the quantum realm. Like that's going to be good. They look amazing in those suits. Like I am so happy and we mentioned it earlier, but the scene with Thor and Captain Marvel and how he just, at first I didn't understand what was happening. Like, you know, that she just turns around and he's just standing there and then his arm goes out and it's like, oh, it was to see, like, is she going to flinch or not? And she didn't. And he's like, I like oh. this one. <laughs> it was so good. I have actually two, uh, there's two separate theories on this. Um, when they were walking, and I guess they were walking towards the quantum realm or going back into the future. Um, the two theories I have is if they go back to the future, uh, will they, like, replay the same clips from Infinity War but do it differently in a way that they get the upper hand on Thanos or um, the snap that erased everybody are they, like, truly dead, or are they, like, in that quantum realm? Like, they they didn't die, but they moved into another plane or astral, astral plane or some forth. Uh, my question is, what do you think will, will happen, either if it's um, people going back to the future or the people that have been erased are in the quantum realm or anything else? What do you think? I, I almost think that they're in the quantum realm. I didn't at first, but Brittany actually pointed out something when you watch. Because the thing is, like Ant Man and the Wasp, right? I know that's not everyone's favorite. I know that it was really just kind of supposed to be like a palate cleanser after Infinity uh-huh. War to be a little bit more lighthearted, but it really you know, introduced us to the quantum realm and kind of like set up. And I said it's a little more important than people give it credit for. So if you remember in the end credit scene when Scott goes into the quantum realm and all of a sudden all these lights start like flickering and shit like that and then you mm-hmm, see that yeah. at that and then you see at that point that Hope and Hank and uh I forget the mom's name now, but they all disappear. And Brittany pointed out what if those are all of the souls that disappeared going into yeah. the quantum realm? And I was like, shit, like I I wouldn't even have thought about that, but now that you say it, I was like, it does happen at the same time. So if anything, then they're going into a quantum realm to kind of figure that shit out. Um, so like, I kind of, collect the souls, yeah. I can see that. They, 
But I do think they are going back in time because we did see um, behind-the-scenes scenes of a Tony, like, being, like, in present day, but Cap was in the uniform that he wore in the first Avengers. And then we see, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston in their same outfits from the first Avengers, but, you mm-hmm. know, shit like that. So it's like I do think at some point they are going to go back to certain points in time, whether that's going to be them doing it to change something or maybe they're just supposed to be, like, seeing shit. I don't like to get clues maybe. I don't know. I don't – but it's like I hear different things because um, then I'm hearing that, you know, they are going to change the timeline in – in in Endgame and kind of change a few things that have already happened, which I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of. To me, it just feels a lot like that, like soap opera show Dallas, where it's like it was all a dream, and it's like no, I kind of want. It's like I kind of want the shit to have happened. They just find a way to reverse it, but I don't necessarily want it to be like, well, you know, then this never happened because they went back in time and did this. And I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I'll just have to see it play out on screen. Uh, I think there's, like, multiple ways you can deal with time travel. Like, there's a there's a way that you just mentioned it that everybody, like, forgets it besides the people that actually time traveled. And I feel like there's another way you can... I, don't, I can't explain it too well, but I feel like the way that the Russo brothers has been directing the story from either Winter Soldier or Civil War, they find they find a way to give us something that we didn't know could happen, but do it in a way that we all loved it at the same time. So um, the future, I don't. I'm not even worried about how they'll like incorporate the time travel but yeah yeah go on no no no. um i was going to ask you a quick question so who do you think because obviously we know people are going to come back right we have another Mm -hmm. spider-man movie coming we know that uh there's a doctor strange sequel in the works the black panther sequel yada 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 my question is who do you think is going to be actually dead, dead. Because I almost have a theory that Gamora is going to stay dead. Because she wasn't snapped away. She was thrown off a cliff. I mean, if it's if it's time travel, like you said, then she's going to be back. Um, but you've mentioned before that Tony's going to die. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't mind that, even though I, I debated against that. I wouldn't actually mind Tony dying, or actually, or Captain America. But I truly want them to like to. In my heart of hearts, I really want them to survive, and start the new adventures before they retire. That way, we can get Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, um, Black Panther. Uh, oh, crap. Um, we can also get the Eternals. We're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, so they're going to still be there. Um, well, and, and it's like, I don't want either of them to die. That's the thing. Like, I think uh, Kevin was like, oh, you're such a Tony Stark hater. I'm like, I'm not. I'm really not. I love Tony. It's just from a literary, like, you know, uh, standpoint, 
it would be like a Shakespearean tragedy, like him dying, right? I don't want that to happen because certainly he deserves a happy ending. He deserves to retire and, you know, have his life with Pepper and blah, blah, blah. But my only thing is, you know, these two, I don't, I know that Chris Evans is done after this, right? I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. is. I think he does have another film. I almost feel like he has another movie under his contract, but not necessarily maybe like his own movie or even an action movie, maybe just like an appearance. But Mm -hmm. my thing is, how do you justify Captain America and Iron Man being alive and not getting involved in the fight moving forward? You know what I'm saying? It's like you would almost need them both to be dead or the theory that Steve goes back in time to be with Peggy. You almost need them out of the way to make it be plausible that neither of them would get involved. Because I can't see an end-of-the-world event happening and neither Cap nor Tony getting involved. Uh, um, The way I would do it, um, it's probably not even a good way, but if Captain, if Captain America actually survives, I would have him in charge of the new Avengers for at least like one or two movies. And once that happens and he knows that the universe is in good hands, that way he can retire and do whatever he wants to do. Um, I like. I actually like the thing you mentioned where he goes back in time and ends up staying with Peggy instead of coming back. Uh, yeah, like he knows. It, it could also still correlate with what you said, that he knows that the future is in good hands. Because I fought with myself on that thinking again. Like, would he go back in time to stay with Peggy knowing that there's threats in the future? But if he sees that yeah, just in true. good hands, then he could, you know, feel comfortable with staying. Or, oh, I just got, like, another idea. Maybe, like, Iron Man retires because maybe he gets, like, injured or something, and it's like, okay, you know, he's still involved, like, technology-wise and, like, with the facility. It's just he can't be involved in fighting anymore. I don't know. Um, I guess we're just going to have to wait and find out what happens, but AJ... We did an amazing job talking about the top 10 moments in the MCU. I always have a shit ton of fun talking about this stuff with you guys. Um, I will try to watch Titans so we can do a best of for that. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) I guess we'll just have to figure out what next week is going to be. Um, You know, maybe Game of Thrones, maybe whatever. Anyway, guys, this is... This is AJ and me, Tia. We had Ryan on. It's his birthday. He has to hop off. We are from Geek Vibes Nation. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this top 10. Please visit our website, GV Nation, which has a lot of fantastic content. Find both of us on Twitter. We post a lot of great shit. Um, my bad. <laughs> I, I need some more coffee because I'm like, woo. But anyway. Thank you again so much, uh, AJ. You know, thanks. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. It's Sunday. Enjoy it out there. Thank you. You too. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.